0: Today on My First Concert.
1: And it's just the full throttle London calling and, you know, Rudy can't fail and all of the the things that come off. And he's just drenching us and we're standing there. It's like, this is a shower. (laughs) And we couldn't have been happier. We couldn't have been happier. He was just...
0: Welcome back. Dave here with a couple of concert veterans, Jay Daly, a Rush savant, by the way, and Peter Johns, who worked many years helping book shows and worked with some of the bands in the arena atmosphere. This is all sponsored by UCARE, Aquarius Home Services, Star Bank, and Propane Association. We'll tell you more about all those folks in a little while. It's all recorded right here in the Aquarius Home Services studio. So thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton, for being with us today as well. All right, Jay, let me start with you. First of all, great to talk to you again. It's been a little while, but what was your first concert?
2: Uh, great to be with you. Thank you for having me, uh, Dave. It's wonderful to uh, to be with you and Peter this morning. Um, 1983 Rush Signals uh, Tour in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the old Mecca, which uh, was uh, I think I was just turned 13, and my parents escorted me and a buddy over, and then they patiently waited across the street. Uh, at a hotel and waited for us, you know, to make sure we weren't killed or uh, anything like that. So it was uh, it was one of those moments where I think watching a couple of 13 year old goofballs walk across with, you know, adults with, you know, black T-shirts and all that. It was uh, it was one of those moments you kind of went, oh, God, here he goes.
0: (laughs) Well, here here, this is fascinating to me because you're 13, you're watching a band that uh, uh, other bands, I mean, Hall of Famers, legendary bands like Metallica have credited uh, Rush with being an influence. The Foo Fighters, the Pixies, the Smashing Pumpkins, no doubt. And here you are at 13 years old, Jay, what in the world was it about Rush at that age that you wanted to hear or see?
2: You know, it, that's, a, that's a great question. I was thinking about that. And my best friend who I went to the show with, he had an older brother. And uh, when we were about seven or eight, we We heard Kiss for the first time. Oh, yeah, he and I would just, you know, as as eight, nine year old, you can imagine the influence that kind of had on us. But his brother was about seven or eight years older, was in a band. And I'll never forget the first time I heard that opening riff of Tom Sawyer. It was like, what is that? And um, for both me and Tim, it, it just it completely changed everything for us and we could not get enough of moving pictures and you know as, as that as we kind of digested that we'd go deeper and deeper you know into into rush and and so i it was andrew cronquist who's unknowingly uh left a left an album out that we just put on and like i said it, it kind of changed
0: my my life well, it's pretty heavy. Rush, your first concert, and then a huge Rush fan after that. Now, Peter Johns, you worked with many bands, many shows. Peter, I'm anxious to hear what your first concert was. Sure, yeah, I can I, it, It's a two
1: part answer, Dave. Um, the very first concert, my dad. I've got a twin brother. And my dad took us in the early seventies uh, to a Sonny and Cher uh, concert in Southern Illinois. At the uh, Fieldhouse uh, at the university campus there, and um, I don't remember a whole lot about it other than just the raw excitement, and and, and that was the hook, uh, it was just the raw excitement of going to see something that you know you saw on television or heard on the radio, and that that was uh, the the thrill of it and, and being you know I remember vaguely we had pretty decent seats, but the, really the very first concert that had any real major impact is. Uh, like Jay, you know, thank God for best friends. He, uh, my friend Jeff had found uh, a pair of general admission tickets to the clash and they were just getting ready for, it was an early leg of the, um, combat rock tour and all the albums previously. And we were, uh, you know, London calling was, was an anthem and everything for us. And he found these tickets and, um, it was, it was one of the greatest Experiences of my life, it, it, it changed everything as far as direction and where we wanted to go. We had managed to work ourselves into um, the St. Paul Civic Center, as uh, Norm Coleman once called the um, the greatest testament to East German architecture in America. <laughs> <And> <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a it's, it's quite a building. Um, but, but we, we found our way down, and we got all the way up against the barricade, up against the stage, and and we're, we're smashed in there. And from what I remember, it was a sold-out show. And, uh, and, and just the, the, the raw excitement of, of music that spoke to who we were and what we thought about the world and what we thought about music. And to be standing right there, and literally maybe four or five feet from me, was Joe Strummer's feet. And he had that Telecaster and he's got, you know, ignore alien orders. He has that sticker on it. And that was in 100 pictures that we'd seen before. And he's right there. And I will tell you this, when Joe Strummer, you know, uh, the late great, uh, when he sang, um, I think there was probably half a liter of spit that came out of his mouth at every (laughs) single possibility. And he's pouring sweat. And it's just the full throttle London calling and, you know, Rudy can't fail, and all of the the things that come off. And he's just drenching us and we're standing there. It's like, this is a shower and we couldn't have been happier. We couldn't have been happier. He was just absolutely full throttle. It's like, this guy is unbelievable. Is he going to need water? Because this won't stop. And he's drenched and we're all just thrilled. And it's just one after another. It was just one thunder roar a track after another. And, and it was all, all energy. And then um, finally, I think we, we got all the way to the end uh, of the show uh, and, and were smashed up against there. And then they did Train in Vain as kind of one of the, the, the closers. And that was sort of the hidden track on London Calling. It wasn't credited on the album. Um, and so those that knew, uh, that was the the, the, the the song to go with. So and, and, and Dave and, and Jay can speak to this as well. That infusion of fury, sound, art, music, um, uh, you know, certain political beliefs, and just something that actually spoke to you as as a human being. Um, It never went away. And I just remember thinking, I have to work in this business. I don't know how,
0: but I have to work in this business. And you did. And isn't it interesting, though, that your recollection is that sharp from back then?
1: Yeah. At the time, I I had some concert enhancements that uh, took a while to (laughs) to bring clarity. Uh, but. In retrospect,
0: it, uh, it it did come into focus after a few years, Dave. <laughs> I'm talking with uh, Peter and Jay, uh, a couple of rock and roll savants, as I mentioned. we got much more to talk about here on my first concert. I want to thank uh, our sponsors. And it's great to be in the Aquarius Home Studios uh, recording this for you today. And I want to mention them because as long as we're talking about them, I, I'm sure you're like me and just waiting for the green grass to show up. But as we record this, we have plenty of snow, and with the winter finally winding down at some point here soon, we know spring is on the way. One thing we know for sure is all of our furnaces have been working really hard. So the good news, the warm weather will come. That's exactly why I love the folks at Aquarius, because what they do is keep our furnace, and by the way, our air conditioners can't wait till that is up and running, but they keep them in top-notch condition, so they run for a long time and for a limited time. Aquarius is offering $98 off any heating or cooling repair. So that's still in progress right now here in March. Schedule your appointment today. And that's simple at AquariusHomeServices.com. And then as you start thinking about your cabin, I want you to have the best water you can. They have the Kinetico systems there. I know that because I've had mine for over two decades minimum. It's been a lot of years, and it is worry-free. But I'm telling you, you want the good water out at that lake place or at your home, wherever you're at. Uh, check that out because they'll come over for free and test your water, too. So all sorts of great things at Aquarius Home Services. Reach out to them at AquariusHomeServices.com. I'm talking with Jay Daly. I'm talking with Peter Johns. Dave Lee here. Brandon's busy running the shop for us, and we appreciate him being here today. Okay, Jay, let me go back to, you know, Peter mentioned the songs, the Clash songs that stuck with him. I want to go back to Rush for a minute. Was there is there a certain Rush song that kind of stands out for you in the concerts you've seen?
2: Gosh, I, you know, I don't know if there's one. You know, I obviously, you know, Tom Sawyer is is the eponymous song. Eponymous but song. But, to me, I to think me, you know, Limelight. I was a huge fan of Signals. I think it's like the one understated album you know it was the album after moving pictures and this some of the, the music on that to me is my favorite but you know I to me it was for them at least in concert it was the show that went on with the music they were you know obviously famous for some stage shows and the lights and the screens and I think their sense of humor I, the, the thing I always liked about them is they never really took themselves terribly serious and so when you went to the shows, you know, the videos that would play between songs and that were funny, but you know, there were those certain songs, you know, when you'd hear that opening riff of limelight, man, the place would go crazy and um you know, when you'd hear, you know, the the, the beginning of the 2112 overture, um it just, you know, the, again, some of those songs were that just showcased their mu- musicianship. I mean, I think those were the things when you would just see how terrific. You know, I know that like Getty Lee's voice is one of those things that you either love or you hate it. And for the people that hate it, they really hate it. Um <laughs> but to see these guys play and to just see the the proficiency of how they they played their instruments and and I mean it was just perfection to watch these guys. And um you know that that to me it was just the experience of just sitting there watching you know Getty's fingers on that bass or or just the concentration of Neil Peart playing these crazy riffs, you know? And then, you know, Alex just seamlessly kind of in there, never overstated, but just this unbelievable guitar player, you know? He wasn't the showy Eddie Van Halen or, but his role in that that band and, and you listen to Getty, and you know, it was just to me, it, it opened my ears up to so much other music. And appreciating just the 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 effort and the the professionalism that a lot of these musicians, you know, have. So I think that's where. But I you know I, I love the whole experience.
0: Speaking of that, I'll ask you first, Jay, and then Peter. I'm going to ask you. Opening acts Sometimes I feel bad for opening acts in front of legends like Rush, for example. Or you got the Clash. Man, who's going to be the opening act? Did when you saw them in concert? Did you go for the opening acts or did you show up just when Rush played?
2: No, I, I for me, I did. I, I don't recall. I remember Primus um, on one tour, uh, Les Claypool. And, and for the, the I mean, th- there is there's Rush on on ecstasy. I mean, <laughs> less Claypool. It's a three man band. Les Claypool may be the most crazy bass player of all time. Um, I do remember Marillion for whatever reason. They were the opening act, the first, the first show. And, uh, it was a progressive band out of England that, you know, I think just, I was taking everything in that first show, but those are the only two I remember for Rush. Um, and just like being gobsmacked at watching, uh, Les Claypool play the bass. So,
0: well, uh, Speaking of Godsmack, I, I the only time I, or the first time I saw them in person, I I went early. I wasn't expecting to because Metallica was a headliner, but Godsmack opened up, and ever since that time, I've become a big fan of theirs. Peter, let me go to you because you booked a lot of these shows. You worked with some of the artists. Sure. Um, the opening act issue. Uh, did you go to opening act bands, or did you wait for the the main one to show up? And and what about booking an opening act? Did you ever have to get involved in that?
1: Yeah. The the the. The whole concept, you know, the, the the job of the opening act
0: is is to you
1: know warm the crowd, uh, get them accustomed to what what's about to come, um, and then it's exposure. and And uh, you're not going to get a lot of artists that would be able to to pair with a headliner. And so, you know, it's it's working, it's getting their chops, it's stage times, Daves craftsmanship, and and all that kind of stuff. And and there's not an opening act in the world that doesn't know. That eighty percent of the people are standing around, you know, talking about uh, the, you know, the mileage they get on their car, uh, <laughs> waiting for the main act, and yeah. and these guys are are pouring their lives into it, and and they know that, and 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 that's part of the understanding uh, of it, and so when you know whether local shows or or whatever we got hooked in when we were producing like uh, the Edge Fest and and uh, the the big festival stuff. Um, it's understood as I, Hey, listen, you know what, this is just an opportunity. You don't even have a single right now. Um, but for whatever reason, um, we, we feel compelled to bring you on board here. Does this work for you? And for the most part, it does, because a lot of these opening acts are used to playing to maybe two, three, 400 people. And then, Hey, here's a chance to be on stage, uh, at an 18, 20, 30,000 seat event. Um, and, and, and hone your skill because it's a lot different, um, bouncing around at first Avenue than it is, uh, you know, going out in front of a 30 acre amphitheater. And so it gives them a chance to practice their skills. But yeah, I always went, uh, part of it was sympathy. I just, you know, it's like, well, these guys are trying, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and I, and I want to see what, you know, what they, what they bring and every once in a while, it's absolutely fantastic. Like Interpool, when they opened up, if you remember, when you uh, two played TCF Stadium, right? Mm-hmm. Sure um, do, sir. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And 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 that's not an act that you're going to see on a massive stage. Um, and and I'm a big fan, and I wanted to see, you know, geez, what can these guys do? Uh, because their stuff is kind of dark and broody and and uh, atmospheric at times. You know, how does that translate in a? How does that translate in a stadium setting?
2: You know, Peter, I was going to say to me and looking back at other concerts, you know, those opening acts, I can go back now and think of, you know, bands that I saw open for other bands that ended up becoming bigger. I, I was I remember going to see Big Head Todd and the Monsters in Chicago, yes. in the early 90s, and we got there. We saw him at the Aragon Ballroom and uh, we got there early and this band called Dave Matthews was opening, <laughs> for them, you know, and like I don't know who these guys are. And uh, here, you know, five, six guys jump up on stage and it I mean, people's jaws kind of drop because, you know, it was right before their first song, What Would You Say? And and, and just, you know, like, wow. <laughs> so, you know, I kind of think about some of those bands that, you know, let's let's get there early. You, you never know what you may see. It may be the next super group. So,
0: yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think, and Peter, I don't know if you were uh, working for, uh, at the, at the XL at the time, but I remember um, Taylor Swift brought out Ed Sheeran, and I don't know if anybody knew who he was at the time. I'm not sure.
1: No, I, I, I wasn't there at the time, but I remember, um, I remember that coming out, and it was a blow away. And um, and, and from an artist's point of view, sometimes, you know, a headliner's got to be careful. Uh, Either they're like, hey, I'm going to champion this artist all the way to the top, or I've just booked my replacement. Yeah,
0: Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah.
1: you know, so 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 they have a whole lot of stuff. But um, I I remember you you mentioned Taylor. Randy Levy's kind of a, a legendary, you know, indie promoter yeah. for, for decades in, in the, Wasn't he the. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, owned, you know, created, built, and I think subsequently sold that after uh, a, a few decades. But I remember him telling me about this 17 year old girl out of Nashville and she was doing a showcase event. And I can't remember the name of the country. It was a music country club on, on, uh, outside the twin cities. Um, like as you're headed in on 94, uh, East and, and I can't remember the name of it, uh, but she was doing a showcase there, a label showcase opening up for, you know, Billy Horseshoe and the Belt Buckles, whoever was there at the time, and, uh, and and she was just like, "You've got to see this." He's like, "You've got to see this," and 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 that's what happens in the in that industry as well as you develop these relationships. She was 17 at the time, but it's like, hey. You know we're going to take a chance on her, and the next thing you know, it's uh, it's We Fest, it's uh, uh, it's Excel, it's stadiums, it's global, and so so that's part of the tag in this whole thing.
0: Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's interesting, uh, and 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 we may have seen some that we don't even remember, but I do uh, remember meeting and talking and listening to Chris Stapleton before he was. I've talked about it before before he was Chris Stapleton singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl, but he. And what a nice, humble guy, and he was really yeah. good. And that was before, you know, then the rise. Same thing with uh, Florida Georgia Line when I first met them. First song was coming out, uh, two guys that couldn't be nicer, and boom, all of a sudden, you know, you're lucky to get close to them after that. Hey, we have Peter and Jay with us. We're talking more. I'm going to ask him about some memorable concerts that have happened in their past as well. It's great to have you on my first concert here on Talk North. And you can uh, download this, of course, obviously on Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe makes it a lot easier. We've had some great stories through the years. And today is, again, another example of all the stories that I think most of us can relate to. And as these guys have said, just the excitement of going to these concerts, particularly the first time. And and I've had more people come up to me and say, "Uh, I didn't remember my first concert until I started listening to people talk about theirs, and then I started thinking back, you remember who you went with, you probably remember the car you were in, you might remember part of the set list, but it's been a kick. So uh, we'll talk some more here in just a minute. I do want to say thanks to uh, one of our great sponsors, and that's propane.com. And this is really timely, because I know we're lowering the carbon footprint. If we're not, we better be, (laughs) because we're all talking about it. But yet, we have to have reliable and affordable energy, and propane.com is a great website to read more about this, because... It's really a diverse energy mix, and it's reliable, and it's affordable, and that's extremely important, obviously, particularly here in Minnesota, where we have definitely had four distinct seasons this year. But fortunately, we do have a clean energy solution for tomorrow that is available right now as we speak, that's ready to work alongside other energy sources, and frankly, that is propane. 43% fewer emissions in electricity generated from the U.S. grid. That by itself is a powerhouse statement. It's energy stored on site. It's independent from vulnerabilities of the grid, and the benefits don't end there with propane. Major advances are being made today for renewable propane that's compatible with traditional propane, and it requires no additional infrastructure investments. How about that? Here in Minnesota, we need to use all of our low-carbon alternatives, including propane, to safely provide energy reliability, resiliency certainly and affordability important for all of us. So propane is the right energy right now, but what you need to do is learn more about it. Simply go to propane.com and find out what it can do for you and me. And really for all of us. All right, Jay, let me go back to uh, a co- the concerts that have stood out for you through the years. Anything special?
2: Uh, Peter Gabriel, 1993, uh, it was my wife and I, our first date. Uh, wow. we saw him down at Rosemont uh, Rosemount horizon in Chicago. We were uh, we were in about the seventh or eighth row. I got lucky on tickets. Sitting right next to me was Robert Downey Jr. Um, <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, you know, do you talk about a great, uh, great first impression? <laughs> to keep walking closer and closer to the stage, and then as you're pulling into your your row and you kind of slide down, and your wife goes, "I think that's Robert Downey Jr." I said, "Yeah, of course it is." So. <laughs> <laughs> want a good seat but she, so she stayed um, with you though that's right um that that was i mean th- th- those that was a great show um i got a chance to see uh you two uh same place Rosemont horizon back in, gosh what would that it was, it was the octung baby tour so that would have been like 92 93 that was amazing but i think as as i've gone and gotten older to me some of the best shows are the ones you know in the smaller intimate venues um I will tell you, Peter and I uh, saw um, the war on drugs last February, and yeah, I uh, know what a rock. I mean, just unbelievable, um, just just phenomenal.
0: Um, okay, let, let me do a little back uh, story on that one. So, I'm with uh, Peter and Jay one day, and I said, "You got to hear this band," and they had the song out at that time it was Holding On. And I said, they're called War on Drugs. Remember, we sat and listened to it. We all should have been working, but we sat and listened to it. And um, and then, uh, Jay, you were kind of say, hey, they're going to be in town. And I was out of town and I never got to that show. The only thing I saw was your review when you sent me a note about how spectacular it was.
2: You know, it was funny. I I, I called Peter and said, you know, and we both knew because Peter and I talk, you know, oh, every few weeks. And, you know, what are you listening to? What you know, here's what I'm listening to. And. Um, he and I had talked and I, you know, he said, you know, have you heard the new war on drugs? And I said, you know, I just heard the one song. He goes, man, you got to get it. It's 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 unbelievable. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's just, you know, the, here is a, a, a band that just to me, if you like rock and roll, if you like Tom Petty, you like Bruce Springsteen, you like that. Just that just straightforward rock. Great guitar play. I mean, just great musicians. And uh um, yeah, Peter and I got a chance. We took my wife. Um, and <laughs> you know, it was another one of those moments where you kinda look and you know, an hour into it, hour and a half into it, you know, my wife's ready to go. Peter yeah. and I are just getting warmed up and lathered up, you know. <laughs> she wore the wrong shoes, so she her feet were getting tired, you know. And uh but Peter and I were, were were steadfast. We we made it pretty much to the very end, and and uh, but just I mean, man, I, I would go see those guys anywhere, anytime. Um, you know, to me, things like that. I, I got a chance to see Lord Huron uh, not too long ago. They were terrific. Fleet Foxes. I mean, there's there's some really good music out there right now. Um, uh, Band of Horses. Just I mean i'm really psyched about some of the music i've been hearing lately
0: peter how about you anything that stand out beside let's stop bringing up that warren on drugs one that i unfortunately had to miss with you two guys
1: yeah no i'm just gonna <laughs> rub that in dave because it was unbelievable <laughs> um it it, it was it, it was you know metaphorical spiritual and, and 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 it was just dave you really missed out uh, <laughs> <laughs> But it, it was that's that's the beauty of the live event experience, right, is it replicates when you find the right artist. And it doesn't matter if you're in your teens, 20s, 30s, 40s and beyond um, <laughs> it is, is when you find when you find that uh, that niche, that collective experience with people who understand and, and that's what um you know, the was fun like with going with 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 jay on that is like he gets the joke he understands why we're here um and and that's worth something and so so that's part of the 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 fun and the thrill of live events and then uh as far as a standout I, I think to 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 nod to the the marriage um I had been dating my wife for a few months you know not at the time she wasn't my wife but Um, and, and there was, there was some drifting and, um, ended up reconnecting with her at a damned show that was, if you remember this little, um, club in downtown Minneapolis called uh, the rogue or rogue. Um, and it, it was a short lived little club and, um, and we were seeing them in a basement setting and they had a, uh what would be considered, I guess, a single at the time. And, uh, that th- was getting a little bit of attention and we went and saw them. And I look over to my right, my right. And there she is. And she's like looking at the, the, the way the lighting is configured on the show and it's like, okay, um, dude, this is your last shot. You should go talk to her. And, uh, and, and that, that took off. And that was, you know, uh, is, is as incredible as anything. Cause you know, we go to a lot of shows together, but, but across the board, Dave, there's, there's so much worth seeing. And I think that's the, the, the thing that I always want to get across here is when you're in that room, I don't care if it's you too, if it's Prince, if it's uh, Bruce Springsteen that I was at just Sunday night uh, with my youngest son, um, you, you, you have this moment to enjoy an experience together uh, with a whole bunch of people who understand why we're there. And, and I think that's what the pandemic took away uh, for a lot of things uh, and a lot of um, emotional and, and musical experiences that we're reconnecting with it now. And, and I have much, so much more appreciation than I ever did.
0: 100%. 100%. There, is there a band, Jay, that overwhelmed you?
2: You know, I was just thinking, you know, when you asked the question about concerts that stood out, I'm, I'm now remembering my, my senior year in college um, was uh, the spring of 1992. And we had a, a one of my roommates had a friend of his who was a music uh, major at the University of Wisconsin. And he lived with us for like a half a semester or whatever. And Thursday night, uh, we were going out. That was a big night, in Madison, to go out. And um, I remember Joe saying, "I want to stop by the RNR station. It was this little music club right at the Park Street Viaduct, which doesn't even exist anymore." But he said, "I just want to go see this band, and we're gonna, and then we can go on with our night." So we go down. I don't even know who it was. I don't remember at the time. So we go down, and we're sitting in this little little club, and. I noticed five or six guys next to me and they're drinking beers and just having some stuff. And we're having some beers and all of a sudden the, the, the guy from the cl- club gets up and says, all right, um, want to welcome this group. They're out of Seattle. You're going to mm-hmm. hear more and more of these guys. Um, but give it up for Pearl Jam. And, you know, it was these, these guys just sitting next to us. And the primal sound of the first, you know, three minutes, I remember just being kind of thrust back going, what the hell? And watching Eddie Vedder, maybe 15 feet from me, dive in head first into this music and to hear Alive and Even Flow and stuff from that that first album, 10, um, that, I mean, it was just, it like shook me to the core. And it was really, the first thing i kind of remember of that whole grunge scene um and it you know again it was one of those moments where you all of a sudden start to feel your music taste shifting it's like okay maybe this isn't cool anymore this is what and you know to see these guys i mean literally i think they had a white van that they were all poured into you know with all the musicians you know doing that you know that early day you know, we just need to play in front of people and they played for about an hour and a half, you know, what was meant to be like a half an hour stop to get a beer, see these guys, turned out to be, holy cow, how do we how do we sign up, join the religion, quit school months before graduation <laughs> and go on tour with these guys? I mean, it was I just remember looking at them like I, I think my whole life just changed. And so, you know, that I was there's been a few of those kind of moments as I think about music as well, but that one stood out for me. It was like i'd never you know we're listening to uh you know there's duran duran and there was you know that whole kind of new wave or new wave sound was kind of dying out and and then just that seattle sound of nirvana and alice and chains and screaming trees and i mean just it was crazy
0: you know I'm, I'm glad you mentioned pearl jam for folks that uh may have missed it if you get an opportunity a couple of weeks ago we had ron coomer on ron uh, played professional baseball obviously all-star and was with the twins yankees dodgers and then the cubs and now he's a broadcaster of the cubs he's a good friend but ron uh i didn't realize became good friends with eddie vetter because eddie vetter showed up at a chicago cubs fantasy camp one time and not everybody knew who it was and he said he <laughs> brings his guitar one night and starts playing and Everybody's kid and so ron and eddie have become friends but i brought it up because I remember, and Peter, I don't know if you were involved in this show or not, and I've talked about it a lot on this podcast, so I don't want to beleaguer it, except to say that Pearl Jam opened up for Tom Petty. So my buddy from Chicago comes down for the concert to see Pearl Jam, and he says, boy, I feel sorry for Tom Petty. He isn't going to be able to follow this this act. And I said, yeah, let's just wait before we judge. (laughs) And Um, uh, Petty comes out and just blows the crowd away, but...
1: No, I, I was just going to say, Dave. That that uh, I, I remember that show because I, everyone had the exact same reaction as like, um, do you realize what you have to follow? Um, and it's an entirely different energy. And I and I think that's part of the thrill of 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 those shows is you know what everything that Jay just described about Pearl Jam and the and and the Seattle grunge, the energy and the impact. Tom Petty doesn't come at you like a howitzer, he's more of a sniper. And so it's an entirely different experience, just as ethereal and superseding and all that kind of stuff. But that, that was, uh, one of those great moments of like a full wide dynamic and, um, where it might go wrong. If I may, um, is Oasis was paired with black crows on a tour. And we, we, we were working the show, and you know, and what Brit rock fan doesn't want to get down with Southern fried rock from the Black Road, <laughs> <show>, you know? <laughs> and two bands with the most dysfunctional brother relationships of all time. And, God, and it could and have and been a wrestling that match. Had, that had to be the premise is like, do you hate your brother? You're going to love this show. <laughs> um, and, and i remember watching the crowd and, and, and it, it sold fairly well and what they would do on tours they ping pong who's the headliner right and mm-hmm. um and when when oasis on this particular date, i think oasis opened for for the crows and all of a sudden, you know, the place is full and, and they're all down in, you know, Morning Glory and uh, and Champagne Supernova and all that kind of stuff. And everything's spectacular. When they're done, boom, 50% of the arena. See you, bye. <laughs> out the door they go and there goes the beer sales and there goes all the things along with it. Um, and then, the crows came out and, you know, and, and they did their thing for, for the rest of their crowd. But I just remember that it was like, okay, that's <laughs> sometimes when it doesn't work
0: more with Peter and Jay coming up in just a minute. I do want to mention our bank here at talk North, by the way, is star bank dependable friend to have uh, real people over there. They answer the phone calls that yeah, in person, no kidding. I know that's something quite novel, isn't it? Uh, They make local lending decisions. They're great at what they do. Uh, Just wonderful opportunities for you in the business world uh, because they can call an audible in a second. I've talked about that before, how quick they can help you make decisions because those financial decisions sometimes happen like that, as you know. They have uh, 10 locations here in Minnesota, including in the metro. They've served a variety of businesses. They're real good about reinvesting in the communities. They serve us well. uh, There's no doubt about that. Uh, and a great agility to make those quick moving parts in your business decisions gosh they're, they're terrific starbank.net the great thing about them is I think you'll get to know them they'll know you uh, you want to do the app I understand that that's no sweat I like using the app as well it's easy it's convenient but when you go, so they have all the technology you want but you go into the bank it's it's kind of a great experience uh, no, you can always visit those people and get to know their name. As I said, they'll know yours. Starbank.net. They're they're so good at what they do. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Uh, Jay and Peter, I was going to tell you that uh, going back, and I know we all like pretty much all genres of music going way back and then with uh, the, the new acts that we have already talked about. So recently I'm in Florida, and uh, one night there's a concert Uh, down here in one of the small halls with the Buckinghams out of Chicago and with uh, the box tops. Now, what was interesting, I went because I just like music. I didn't know really what to expect, obviously, because they're all they're all, uh, uh, gosh, older than I am. If that's uh, so (laughs) I don't know how active they were, but went (laughs) to see them and they were both very good i got to say this about the Box Tops. They, they had a song out called The Letter that I think billboards still may have in their top 500 songs of all time, which is a great song. But what I didn't know, and this is what I love about these small venues that you talked about a little bit. Um, Bill Cunningham and Gary Talley, our original members, are still with the band, and they're from Memphis, and so they grew up with Booker T and the MGs in their class, uh, uh, Bill Cunningham. So they played together. They you know, were buddies since they were kids, and they, they played with... Um, Sam and Dave. Uh, there's a great story about Procol Harum and "Whiter Shade of Pale." How that was their song, and, and, and Procol Harum released it one week before uh, the box tops did. It's an interesting story, great story. But all these backstories. They played with uh, frida Payne, who I love. Uh, they played with Willie Nelson and Tammy Wynette individually as as guitarists, and and then uh, Bill Cunningham of the band, one of the founders. Then left rock and roll, quit the band and started doing classical music and played with Itzhak Perlman, for Pete's sake. So and then he played with Isaac Hayes. And these are stories that that in a small venue, these bands and Peter, you know that they can sit and do some of the background. And to me, that's just absolutely I was just fast. I walked out of there going, holy smokes, I'm a box tops fan. That's it, it. But isn't that fascinating?
1: And 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 and. You know, uh, inspiring because once you start, and, and that's one of the things I guess it's never not fascinating to me about about the music and the creation and the artistry, is there is so much uh, oddities and complications and and incredible collaborations that happen all behind these scenes, all off stage, all on stage, um, and, and you start understanding that it's like that's how we got to here. This gets to there because we did this over here. And we had that relationship and um, in an industry not always kept afloat by honesty and integrity, Dave. Um, (laughs) It's amazing to watch how these guys glean things from each other, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really fun. So. Uh, Jay, let me go back to you before I let you and Peter go. Uh, any final thoughts on, on your concert days, which certainly aren't over? I know you've been going to some more as well.
2: Well, I, you know, Peter. Peter mentioned the fact that you know what those, what the two, you know, two three years the pandemic pandemic robbed us of, and you know, this fall I become an empty nester, and my wife and I have already been kind of practicing our ability on Tuesday or Wednesday nights to go do something. And, to know the, you know, what a great, what a great music city this is. Um, it's one of the, the things I absolutely love about the Twin Cities. You know, the opportunity to go see more and more of these types of shows, whether they're, you know, at at, uh, at the Fine Line or at, at First Avenue or or over in, in, in St. Paul at the Palace and things like that. I just think there's, or, or the Armory. I mean, my God, I just, we are, we are, lucky so so lucky to uh, to be in a spot where where artists want to play where the 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 audience is embracing of all different kinds of, of music I mean it when you go to some of these shows you you don't just see one click anymore you know you can see people from all different uh, you know different walks of life and you know it just in this kind of weird time we live in, you know, just I'm hoping that we can all get back to these venues inside, outside, um, and just start to come together more with with the the great music. I just think it's um as things open up more and more. Um I, I just I can't wait for this summer to come and and to be with Peter and, and you, Dave, and and to see more of these bands and experience because it's not just the music, it's also the experience with friends and um it's just amazing what music does for for us and quite frankly humanity
0: yeah it just makes you feel good
1: peter any final thoughts i i just want to echo uh, what what jay said and and i think that's one of the beautiful things and that's that's uh, in the twin cities in particular the venues we have really amazing venues in the in the Twin Cities and we have really dedicated individuals on creating those experiences in discovering bands and and building uh this rapport building back this rapport with an audience uh when when we were doing marketing and booking and all that kind of stuff for the various shows and festivals over the years Minneapolis Saint Paul was always a, what do they call a reaction market uh, you would always be able to have it as an early adopter it was always a place for uh, an immediate affection between the artist and uh, in, in the crowd, and so I can't wait to get back on uh, on you know a regular schedule of shows. Um, and and it's fun, like Jay said, it's it's really important. I don't care what your age is; it's really important to go with people uh, that understand and then meet people that uh, also have that that passion for shared experience. And so, yeah, bring them on. Let's, you know, I've got a debit card. I can wreck that on
0: a few shows. <laughs> and feel good about it. <laughs> yeah, where am I going to apologize for that. <laughs> Peter, Jay, great talking to you as always. Thanks for joining us here. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. We're back next week again with another episode of My First Concert. A thanks to Brandon Morton, our producer here with us. A thanks to UCARE for bringing you this show, making it all possible. Aquarius Home Services, broadcasting from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Go to their website at aquariushomeservices.com. Also, Starbank.net, our bank here at Talk North, and the Propane Association. That's simple. Go to propanemn.com and learn a lot more. It's great being with you again today on My First Concert. Download us on Apple, Spotify, subscribe as well, or go to Talk North for more information. And we'll see you again next week.